Welcome in to the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast, where only one of us is an actual father and none of us are priests. My name is Trey Stinky Fingers Jose. Today I'm joined by my good friend Tyler Big Irby Erbach. What up? How you doing today, man? Hanging in there, man. It's been a hell of a day. Been, been a long one for me. Oh, yeah. It's been a tough week up here in the north. You might notice that I didn't introduce um, our other co-host, Jimbo, James Dreer. Uh, he's on vacation right now. He, he left early on us. So we're running this. Uh, it's a two-man podcast today. But no worries. Yeah, bastard went to Arizona the day we got the biggest snowfall of the year. Yeah, it snowed five inches the day after he left. So thanks for that, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, this is the Fantasy Football Fathers podcast. Today, we got the Week 18 matchups for you. We do start sits for every matchup, and uh, we'll finish off with our starts of the week at the end of our late games episode. And right now, we're going to focus on the early games. But before we get into that, let's just uh, cover our socials real quick. Right now, we're only on Twitter. You'll find us at the FF Fathers, and um, we're pretty new to the game. We just started podcasting this year. Uh, we've all been playing fantasy football for a long time. We did. A little bit of math, and we got about 40-plus years of experience uh, doing fantasy football between the three of us. Is that right, Irby? Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah, so we felt like uh, we could bring our knowledge and um, help you out with fantasy football. And so we're new this year. If you've been listening, we appreciate it. But if not, um, stick with us, and we're just going to keep coming out with better content next season. And uh, throughout the offseason, we're probably going to do some Dynasty stuff and um, some fun episodes, right? Is that our plan? Yeah, for sure. It's going to be... It's going to be entering the off season for us because, you know, we just started this season in the regular season. We haven't done an off season yet. So we're, you know, stockpiling a bunch of ideas and we're going to probably throw a bunch at the wall and see what sticks. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, what we do last year, we did like our favorite um, free agency destinations. Uh, we did that in like March, didn't we? Yeah, so, something like that. Yeah, right after the right before free agency started this year, we'll be able to hit the, a bunch of draft stuff. So it'll be fun. We'll, we'll certainly have plenty of. uh of stuff to to put up to put up there oh yeah definitely it's only up from here if you like what we're doing it's only going to get better we'll, we'll continue to uh, try to improve and help you out with your fantasy league and get you a championship but uh, i'm done with all the formal stuff right let's get into what you're here for the matchups week 18 <laughs> right we got uh two saturday games this weekend and we're going to cover the first one right now it's the chiefs at the broncos and they'll be playing uh on saturday the over under for that game is 44 and a half and Kansas city is a 10 point favorite at this point. So, um, looks like Vegas thinks KC is going to whoop that ass, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> is there any doubt? I mean, who knows divisional games, right? They always throw a little wrench in the gears, but yeah, they should definitely come away with a good, good, easy win. Yeah, so let's just sure. dive into yeah, let's just dive into the Broncos then. Uh, they were pretty injured all week as far as Drew Locke, Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant, Javante Williams. They were all limited at practice all week, but they've all been elevated from the injury report, and they're all going to be ready to play tomorrow or ready to play on Saturday. So I guess that's when you'll be listening to it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, are Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon the only viable plays this week? How do you feel about that? Um. I don't think they're the only ones. Um, I have this weird feeling about Noah Fant this week. Um, he played, you know, with Drew Locke last week. He had a really nice game. Uh, seven targets, six catches, 92 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, pretty much his best game of the year. I kind of have this odd feeling that's going to continue to happen. I think him and Drew Locke have just found a little bit of a, a little bit, bit of a groove together. And so 
I don't know, that's just, again, that's just gut feeling. I know Noah Fant has not been great most of the year. He's a, been a borderline starter. But I think this week, I think he's he's a viable play. Yeah, I mean, I see where you're coming from with that. But last week, right, they were missing Jerry Judy and Tim Patrick when they were playing the Chargers, and that's when Noah Fant had that good game, right? That You know, and that is true. I, again, I, I think it's just a gut feeling for me because I mean, it's not like Jerry Judy, Tim Patrick, or Cortland Sutton for that matter. Um, have been producing any like significant games as of late anyways. So somebody has to pop. And I think I'm going to go with the guy who he found a connection with last week. Yeah, honestly, I'd probably have to agree with you. Out of anybody who's catching the ball, I'd probably roll with Noah Fant also. Um, hopefully he'll get the same amount of targets, though. I mean, there's just so many mouths to feed on that offense, especially since Judy and Patrick are back, you know? Yeah. Doesn't seem like any of them are all that good, but uh, there are a lot of them. Oh yeah, there's a lot of money in that in that receiving yeah, for sure. Jesus. All right, well that that basically covers the Broncos. Let's go over to the Chiefs. Uh, I feel like it's pretty easy to say you know who to start, right? I mean, it's yeah. Mahomes. I mean, it's been the, it's been the same like four guys all year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, it's, what Mahomes, um, Williams, Kelsey, Hill, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, for sure you have Holmes, Kelsey, and, and Tyreek, and then whoever's in the backfield. Like, whatever your starter in the backfield is, that's the guy you've been playing. So, uh, that doesn't change it by any means. Yeah, yeah that seems pretty uh, pretty easy right there. So, let's just leave it at that, right? That <laughs> that covers that yeah, morning absolutely. game. Yeah, so the other Saturday game is going to be the Cowboys at the Philadelphia Eagles. And the over-under for that game is 43 points, and Dallas is a 7-point favorite. Um, the Eagles have actually been pretty good against receivers this year. They've only given up about 27 points per game to the position. That sounds like a lot, but you got to remember that this is to receivers total, which, you know, this is at least two guys in the field most of the, the game, right? So it's the second yeah. best in the league. And does that scare you for, uh, from starting CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper? Um, not CeeDee because he is the number one receiver in the offense, even though the past game has been a little laxing. Uh, of late, but it certainly gives me pause with Amari Cooper, who's been a very up and down player for most of his career. And when it's a good matchup, um, he seems to do well. But bad matchups, you can you've seen him really disappear. This is a bad matchup, man. Um, they don't do they don't do a very good job of uh, finding ways of getting Amari Cooper the ball, but they find ways to get CD Lamb the ball. You know, they they create plays specifically for CD Lamb. They don't really do it for Amari. So I'm gonna I'm gonna still roll with CD, but Amari Cooper, I'm fading. Man, I'm a, I'm a thousand percent with you. You already know how I feel about Amari Cooper. We've talked about it plenty <laughs> of times in the podcast. Yes, I do. I'm a salty Raiders fan. And yeah, he can definitely disappear at times. And I would definitely go with CD since he's, you know, they're obviously building plays for him and he's a lot more consistent. So since the Eagles are so good against receivers. Does that mean, do you think Zeke's going to have a better game, like a big boon to his production? You know, I think he could. And I, that's really hard to say because like he hasn't looked great most of the year. He's been dealing with a bunch of small nagging injuries, even though he's played through them. Um, but he, if you watch the games, he does look better as every week, especially the last like, about month or so. You see a little more explosion from him. Um, and it's a really good matchup for the running back game. So I think we should see a better you know, game out of Zeke this week. Obviously, I know Tony Tony Pollard's there, but he's still been dealing with that foot injury, and he's been playing through it too. But I think you're still going to want to feed Zeke this week. I mean, Cleveland or not Cleveland? Um, gosh, I'm, I'm so wrong about that. The, uh, the Eagles, yeah. yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles. 
Um, I've been definitely susceptible to running backs throughout the year. So I'm, I'm with that for sure. I mean, they're like you know, around 25th against rece- or running backs this year. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely with you on that one. And then on the Eagles side, I'm not sure if you've heard, unless you've been under a rock, but you know, the COVID issues just running rampant for them. Uh, as of right now, Dallas Godair, Boston Scott, and Jordan Howard, they're all on the COVID list. And they do have a chance to play with the new COVID rules that the NFL put out, you know, adopting the CDC's guidelines, the whole five days if you're asymptomatic and vaccinated, right? Uh, vaccination, vaccination status does not matter as long as you are asymptomatic after five days. Oh, right. And if you are vaccinated, it's only two days if you're asymptomatic. I believe so. I mean, honestly, they keep changing them. It's hard to keep track. Yeah. We're not doctors. We're fantasy fathers. You know, we don't care about <laughs> that stuff, right? Okay, so let's just say Boston Scott and Jordan Howard missed the game. Does that make Kenneth Gainwell an automatic start? I mean, I would think so. Who I don't I mean, like who else do they even have at running back, right? Yeah, I was <laughs> I was looking at that and it, it definitely gets weird for sure. But Kenneth Gainwell's proved to be pretty valuable when um when he gets the chance. So Yeah, I, I, mean, I would say Miles, he's a must start. Yeah, Miles Sanders uh is out for the game also because of it, that hand injury. So, I mean, the only other active running back on the roster other than Kenneth Gainwell is Jason Huntley. And no, mm-hmm. not to be confused with Tyler Huntley. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tyler Huntley has been, you know, kind of, uh, you know, fancy darling the last couple weeks, but like Jason Huntley, you've never fucking heard of. So <laughs> I feel like Gainwell has to be the play here. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, but the Cowboys do have one of the best rush defenses in the league. But on to counter that, the Eagles have one of the best rushing attacks in the league, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe they hopefully do. that'll I, even out. Yeah, hopefully. Or it's just a game where Jalen Hurts is a pseudo running back and gets all the carries. Yeah, we've seen that happen before. But as we know, anyone who's going to be getting a lion's share of the carries in a backfield, you're essentially forced to start them, right? It's yeah, so rare. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I honestly, I'd rather start Kenneth Gainwell this week than I would have wanted to start Boston Scott or Jordan Howard last week. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I feel you for sure. So the running back seems pretty simple here, but um, would you start Godair's backup, backup tight end? <laughs> yeah, third string tight because that's the thing. Godair is on the COVID list. So is his backup tight end, Jake Stoll. Or Jack Stoll, I'm sorry, Jack Stoll. So that means that the yeah. only remaining uh, healthy tight end on the roster is Tyree Jackson, who I feel like I should know that name. For some reason, I don't. Um, he was just oh, that's why I do know I do that know the name. He just got activated from injured reserves. He hasn't even played yet this year. Uh, he's a former quarterback. He was a quarterback at the University of Buffalo um, a few years back, and they when he got to the NFL, they converted him to tight end. So what does that tell you when, you know, he's only been in the league for a couple of years? I don't know. Um, but no, I mean, I'm not going to touch him. He's a he's an Uber athlete, but I'm not going to touch him in this game. Oh yeah. I feel you. I, I just felt like messing with you and asking you, but <laughs> I, I, I want to say real quick though. I mean, there's been a couple of guys who have been, uh, who were former quarterbacks in college who transitioned to being a pass catcher in the NFL. Uh, the mm-hmm. names are slipping me right now. I, I'm sure you know of a couple off the top, right? Yeah. Uh, like, like, uh Edelman. Those- Julian Edelman was a quarterback, right? He was. Uh, and then, and obviously he played receiver. But uh, you're also, the main one that's in the league right now is Logan Thomas, who was played quarterback at Virginia Tech. Wow, how did I not know that? Yeah. See, the thing <laughs> is, though, though, it took Logan Thomas 
it took him a couple years of production and kind of learning the position to even become uh <laughs> to even be become like part of the tight end position for Washington and now another like almost four years or five years even to make even have production at the position like he just finally became the starting tight end last year and he's now been in the league for eight years so it shows you how hard that transition can be all right so that's your super deep dynasty info then Tyree Jackson in a couple years maybe But anyways, that um, that covers the Cowboys and the Eagles game, and we'll wrap that one up. We'll move on to the Bengals playing at Cleveland, playing the Browns. Uh, the over-under is 38 points for this game, which is one of the lowest this week. And right now, Cleveland is a six-point favorite. And Joe Burrow will miss the game to rest up for the playoffs. Joe Mixon was already out due to COVID, but he was probably going to rest for the playoffs anyways. And that means Brandon Allen's going to start at quarterback. And Brandon yeah. <laughs> Allen's going to be thrown to, what, from what I understand, backups for most of the game. What I read is that their starting receivers might play the first half, but it's you know not expected for them to play a full game at all. Yeah, I mean, and you said even the tight end, CJ uh, Uzuma, probably isn't playing much at all either. So, I mean, who so like who would you play? I mean, to me, my initial resp- reaction goes the Samaj P. Ryan. I feel like that's the only real option here you know yeah i'd agree with you Samaj so p ryan was like the first name i thought of when i heard that all the starters would be sitting and um as we were talking a little bit before this podcast i looked into the browns and like what their defensive weaknesses were um for fantasy and they've been pretty respectable all year against every position besides tight ends that's like their weakness um their one glaring weakness i would say and since Uzama's going to be out, Drew Sample and Mitchell Wilcox are expected to be the tight ends. And I would say if you're, um, if you're looking looking for a flyer at tight end, Drew Sample's worth it because you'll be having a backup quarterback against a team that's susceptible to tight ends. So, I mean, the way I always see is backup quarterbacks, rookie quarterbacks, they like their security blankets, you know, the tight end. So Drew Sample, I think, has a decent chance to score this week. How do you feel about that? I mean, it could be. I mean, I could uh, I could also end up seeing, like, this offense without all these players only scoring 10 points. So, like, then you're really, you know, grabbing it. Who's going to score that touchdown? It's really hard to say. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's definitely a, a deep look. But, you know, week 18 with all these injuries going on and a couple teams sitting there, people, Drew Sample might be worth a look for sure. Yeah, he he could be. I, again, I think you know if I'm gonna put my money on anybody on this offense and at all, it's gonna be Samaj P. Ryan because at least we've seen him have production in the league. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Yep, all the way on P. Ryan and giving Sample a look. <laughs> so with that's the Bengals give sample for you. A sample. Yeah, give give Sample a sample for sure. And then, I mean, on the Brown side, Baker Mayfield, he's now on IR. There's rumors swirling about him not wanting to be in Cleveland anymore, blah, blah, blah. Fantasy-wise, this week, he's out, which means uh, Case Keenum's in. And the couple of times that we've seen him this year, he hasn't looked too strong. So I would probably avoid him this week. I wouldn't start him, would you? No, no, not at all. I mean, and as as it's been for all, like, basically the entire season, the only viable start in this offense has been the running back and i don't see that changing this week yeah i'm totally with you baker can't make his 
make those teams score points. I don't know if Case Keenum's going to, you know. Right. But speaking of uh, the running backs, you know, Nick Chubb was banged up last week against Pittsburgh. He's been a limited participant in practice all week, but he's not on the injury report anymore, and he's expected right. to play. But then Kareem Hunt, he's been limited all week, and he's listed as questionable now. And then Dearness Johnson, who um, I saw that, you know, we're, we're kind of on the, the idea that Dearness Johnson's almost taking over Kareem Hunt's job, right? It's certainly the way it seemed like in, you know, recent weeks. I mean, I know Kareem Hunt still put up, like, decent numbers, but I feel like his usage has gone way down for uh, most of the second half of the season. I know he's been banged up. But, I mean, if you look at the last couple games that he has played, he's seen less than 40% of snaps and only a total of nine touches. So, I mean, uh, Dernus Johnson certainly seems to have not only taken over the role, but, like, almost expanded on the role. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, unfortunately, he's on the COVID list now. So that means Demetric Felton's the next man up if Kareem Hunt and Dernus Johnson are out. Um but I did want to say, you know, Kareem Hunt has a, a lot less touches and involvement this year. I mean, same with Nick Chubb. He's only averaging like 16 touches a game right now or something crazy. It, it's honestly a crime that he's not getting the ball more than that. Yeah. So Nick Chubb, worthy of starting. Would you roll with Demetric Felton if Hunt and Darnus Johnson are out? I don't think so, honestly. Felton is just... He's more of your change of pace back, right? Um, whereas like Ernest Johnson and Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb, for that matter, are all bigger, more traditional running backs. Dalton's that that little scat back, you know. He's five foot nine, one hundred ninety pounds. I'm sure he's really more like one eighty. Uh, you know the way that the yeah. NFL actually lists their their guys. So, I mean, Felton I mean, will certainly get some work in this game because of this, but it's going to be minimal. Um, I think at best he, you know, maybe he plays 40% of snaps, but he's not going to get the rushing attempts that we're looking for out of that. He's going to be solely out of the backfield as a pass catcher. That means it's going to be the Nick Chubb show if they play. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I just want to say about Demetri Felton, he is mostly kick returner, punt returner, and apparently Dernus Johnson took those duties away from him also. So, I mean, it kind of shows how the Browns feel about Demetri Felton. You know, he's kind of just a man that they're left with, right? <laughs> Yeah, basically. I mean, he's just the next man up, you know, the NFL mantra. Yep. And, I mean, since we're not starting Case Keenum at all, we don't expect them to do very well on offense. We're not starting any pass catchers for the Browns, right? No, I mean, I know we've, like, toyed with, like, you know, Dom Peoples-Jones a little bit here and there this year, thinking, because his upsides there, you know, you and I were, were big on, but, like, we were never actually telling anybody to start him. <laughs> you know, we were just like, hey, like, he's a sleeper pick, and he's shown that he's still sleeping. Yeah, exactly. Right. It means a bubble guy. We got to ring up bubble guys before before they start popping. You know, exactly. Like we don't we don't want to be late and be like, oh, you know, people's Jones is good now. But either way, he's still not good yet. So, yeah, we're not starting him or Landry. No. Forget those guys. Moving on to um, another game that might not be as interesting. Honestly, the Packers are at the Lions over under for that game is forty four and a half, which seems pretty generous since the Packers are expected to sit uh, most of their starters. And Green Bay is a only a four point favorite though, and I guess that's because they're sitting their starters. And we, we went at this pretty deep on our waiver wire episode that we released on Tuesday, but we all pretty much agree that all the starters should be faded this week and expect them to play barely or if not at all. But before the podcast started, you brought up 
that Aaron Rodgers said he uh, intends to play, right? Yeah, surprisingly. Um, I mean, he said that he'd rather keep the momentum going than worry about resting the toe. Now, just because he gets the start doesn't mean he plays more than uh, a quarter or a drive, you know? It's just one of those things, like, that's so far up in the air. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets, even if he does get the start, he gets pulled, you know, super quickly. So I'm not trying to play Aaron. I'm still not going to play Aaron Rodgers this week. Um, and I'm sure he, I mean, he still might not even play just because he's ready. He's saying he's ready for the start. Doesn't mean that Matt LaFleur is going to be like going out there and possibly get hurt again. Like I'm sure he'd much rather have him be able to rest up for two extra weeks. They have the bye week being the number one seed and get that pinky toe, you know, much more rested for this, for the playoff run. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I mean, but since Rodgers wants to kind of keep momentum going, um, I like the idea of him playing like one of the first drives, definitely. Just because he gets what he wants, but then he also, then the floor gets what he wants and gets to rest his quarterback. You know, it's a little kind of like a right. meet in the middle type of situation. But even then, like even if he plays for even the first half, he'd have to have a huge half in order for it to be a worthwhile fantasy start. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so definitely avoid Aaron Rodgers. Um, I mean, would you start Jordan Love? No. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, I shouldn't. I should have said that like so harshly. Uh, maybe <laughs> yeah. I should. I don't know. But I mean, we, we he played one game earlier this year, and he was just bad. Like, there's no other way to put it. He was just bad. And in every every small little bit we've seen him play on the field preseason or not, he's looked bad. There's, it's just, it just, he's not a good quarterback. Uh, he's, you know, I mean, he's a developmental guy, and I think that's what he's gonna stay. Honestly, Man, at this Packers point, fans are punching the air somewhere listening to this. <laughs> yeah, probably. But <laughs> honestly, real Packer fans know that Jordan Love ain't shit. So uh, they're all, they're just all on their knees praying every night that Aaron Rodgers says, "Let's run it back," and that's what they're gonna pray on because they know that there's nothing after him. Uh, man, our co-host Jimbo is the our local Packers fan, and uh, I guess we're just taking advantage of him not being here and just taking his oh, team. Oh, come apart. on! I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, come on. He he knows that that Jordan Love can't play quarterback. Oh yeah, yeah. he knows. Yeah, I'm de- we're, we're in agreement with that. So yeah, pretty much fade the whole Packers offense uh, just to be safe, right? I mean, it's the last week of the season. I assume if you're still playing, it's for the championship. Yeah, you can't take a risk that they're you know the Packers yeah, not starting. snap or the starter stays in. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on someone like MVS because he'll probably play a bunch, okay, you know, but like that's that's on you. Honestly, I wouldn't condone it. I wouldn't say yes to that. But if you got a feeling, you know, you got a feeling, right? And and just to touch on the running back situation real quick, we basically agreed that they're they're probably going to try to rest. Um, we're definitely going to rest Aaron Jones and probably try to rest AJ Dillon just because he's been, become such a uh, valuable piece of the offense. Right. So there might be starting their third string running back at that point. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, really you just got to avoid the Packers offense this week. So let's talk about the lions then. And it looks like Tim Boyle might get his third straight start, but it's, it's still up in the air because Jared Goff is dealing with that knee injury and it's unsure if he's going to be ready on Sunday. He's officially questionable, but earlier this week, Coach Dan Campbell was saying he'll be probable to play. So I'm not sure how much has changed. That's still up in the air, definitely. You have to keep an eye on that. Um, it's worth yeah. noting that Amon, um, it's worth noting that Amon Ross St. Brown, you know, uh, he went off with Tim Boyle last couple of games. 
definitely some good chemistry between them. But even before Tim Boyle was starting, he was definitely having some good games. But um, I mean, yeah, if I mean, Tim Boyle starting, Amon Ra elevates a lot more, right? Is that how you feel? Um, actually, I don't because like, so this would be Tim Boyle's third trade start. So, um, I mean, we'll kind of move move over to Amon Ross A. Brown, and it's one of the stats we were bring up is that he now has five straight games with at least eleven targets, eight catches, and seventy yards. Those the first three of those games were with Gaw, and then last two were with Boyle. So I think you're safe to play him regardless. Um, going back to the quarterback situation, it's a little weird that like he's questionable. Campbell said he's probable earlier in the year or earlier in the week, but Jared Goff himself came out earlier this week and said he wasn't sure if he could play, that he wasn't sure if his knee was ready for that yet. So if like, if the quarterback, if he, if the guy that has the injury is telling, telling me like he's not fully confident and even like playing a little bit because of the knee, I don't want him in the, in the lineup. I would go with Boyle, especially with the way that they've been playing the last few weeks. I'm totally with you, but what if Dan Campbell is like Bruce Arians, you know, and he's just like, oh, I know you're injured. You oh, shit. Get out. I'm kidding. Who knows? That's all rumors. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Starting fires. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, don't ban me for saying Arian, please. But anyways. <laughs> uh, DeAndre Swift uh, finally returned for the Lions last week, but he only got six touches. And... It's interesting because he played more than 50% of the snaps. I'm not sure if they were kind of keeping him on a touch count. I mean, what do you expect out of him this week? I mean, the Seahawks jumped on him really early. I think it was probably a lot of game script. And as the season's gone on, they've used less running backs in, in the uh, passing game. And they've you know gone more to Amon Ross St. Brown. So I think it's just a game script issue. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, people are high on DeAndre Swift for next year. Just a little side subject real quick. But um, from what I've seen, people are really all in on DeAndre Swift. You, are, are you going to try to get him next year? Yeah, I think he's a great He's a great young running back. I mean, this is only his second year in the league. Um, he's shown a ton of promise these first two years. So there's no reason not to be going all over DeAndre Swift. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was looking at his numbers and I was like, I, I don't get it. But I was looking at his numbers and not his receiving numbers also. And I saw his receiving work and I was like, now I get it. This is, yeah, yep. he looks great for next year. But um, besides Amon Ross St. Brown and the Lions, we're not starting anybody else, right? There's, I mean, I, I can't even, I, I didn't see that they have someone on their team named Michael Thomas at receiver, who's a defensive back. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Another doppelganger name, Michael yeah. Thomas, but not that Michael Thomas. Um, I don't know. Well, like, okay, let's bring up, let's go back to Swift real quick. Would you start Swift? I would start Swift, yep, just because, um, and just like I was saying before, you know, you, uh, lion share for running backs is so rare at this point that you have, you have to start any running back that's getting a lion share of touches. You get my pun there? The lion's share. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I got you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so anyone who's getting a majority of touches out of backfield definitely deserves to be looked at and started. And DeAndre Swift definitely gets a start for me this week. Yeah, I think I, – I agree. I think I'd roll with Swift also. And then Amon Ra is an obvious one. He's uh, literally been the second best receiver in the league, only behind Cooper Cup since week 18 – or week 13, I'm sorry. So – it's a five-week run of being the second-best receiver in the league. It's pretty fucking impressive. Uh, it's awesome. It's honestly one of the, like the podcast takes that we've had that like really stuck with me. Is like we we were all pretty in on Amon Ra after he kind of proved what he could do for two weeks in a row 
And then it, yeah. it just kept happening. And we're like, geez, this guy is money. So hopefully yeah. he can keep that and, rolling in next year. Yeah, and, and Amon Ra was one, of, was one of my favorite rookie receivers coming out of the draft. I thought he was going to have a big year. It took him a, a while to put it together, and I don't know if that was necessarily him or a product of the offense as a whole trying to put it together, but it's certainly paying off now. Well, our co-host Jimbo would say um, that his stats or his, his stats started really adding up once Josh Reynolds was added to the team and yep. was opening up the field for Amon Ross St. Brown, which is um, I'm with him on that one for sure. Ever since Josh Reynolds showed up, whether he's opening it up for him or he's just, I don't even know, giving Amon Ross just some good vibes or something. Either way, Josh Reynolds <laughs> showed up and Amon Ross started going off. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, I, an interesting thing I want to bring up, though, is I, I think Amon Ra might go a little extra hard this game because he's uh, his brother's going to be on the other sideline, right? Aquanimius St. Yep. Brown for the Packers. Yep. So I, I got a feeling he's going to try to show out. Maybe you should play both St. Brown brothers this week since the Packers are resting all their starters. Oh, imagine that. Two A St. Browns on your team. And like, I kind of like that, you know? It's... Um, you know, playing with playing with your backups, like you never know what could happen. Aquanimius could yeah. definitely get you know seventy yards and a touchdown. You never know. He could. Yeah, so that that's the Packers and the Lions for you there. Uh, let's move on to the Bears at the Vikings. Over under forty four and a half. The Vikings are a three and a half point favorite, and Justin Fields was expected to start, but now we got Andy Dalton starting for the uh, Chicago Bears. So with Fields out, how do you feel about um, Cole Komet and Darnell Mooney with Andy Dalton throwing in the ball? I feel a lot better about Darnell Mooney. A um, couple of Mooney's best games this year came with Andy Dalton at the helm. Um, they clearly have a pretty damn good connection. So I feel better about, about Mooney. Cole Komet's been kind of an enigma most of the year in terms of you know his production, regardless of who's at quarterback. So... You know, I think I think Dalton start. I think you put Mooney squarely in the flex territory. Yeah, I'm totally with that. Mooney is worth a start. Like you know, flex in low end wide receiver two for me. I would say with Dalton throwing the ball and Cole Komet, just like you said, um, he's just too inconsistent. He's kind of in the no man's land for tight ends. You know, it's I mean, once you get past like the top ten, it's so inconsistent. Or really past the top like five in tight ends, it gets very very inconsistent points. And he's kind yeah. of out there floating around. Might do something, but probably won't, right? Yeah, probably not. I mean, he's one of those guys that you're just hoping he scores a touchdown and it'll save your day. Yeah, exactly. So, um, David Montgomery obviously must start. Would you... I don't know why I would even bring this up. Jimmy Graham? I just want to bring him up. Jimmy Graham, would you start him? The touchdown <laughs> no. vulture? Yeah, I know. I just wanted... <laughs> no. All right. Yeah, neither would I. <laughs> All right. That's a, that's well, a desperate uh, play. Oh, yeah, super desperate. I mean, God, what a vulture. Anytime they do score for, for tight ends, it does go to Jimmy Graham. But anyways, um, on the uh, on the Vikings side of the ball, Kirk Cousins will be the starter this week. He cleared COVID protocols on Wednesday. Obviously, it's going to be a big boost to the offense compared to Sean Mannion. Sean Mannion. Mannion. <laughs> Mannion. Oh, yeah, Sean Mannion. <laughs> Jesus, whatever. <laughs> that guy running the show last week, all right? And so it's going to look a lot better, obviously. I mean, that's that's clear as day. That's you know, The offense is going to look better. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, obvious starts. As we know, Adam Thielen is on IR. How do you feel about K.J. Osborne and Tyler Conklin? Um, I mean, I feel Tyler Conklin, I'm going to fade just because, like, 
there's just no consistency with with him. Um, and that's that's always scary. But uh, as I think we've said most of the year, when KJ Osborne plays without Thielen, he puts up numbers. You know, even even the games when he does when he does poorly, like he did a couple weeks ago, he scored a touchdown, so it saved his day. Um, he seems to always be around the ball and or in the end zone. So he's certainly a very very worthy play. The only downside to this is that Chicago's actually been really good against receivers last month, uh, seventh best in the league, only giving up twenty eight points a game. So like that's a little worrisome for sure, but I mean I'm gonna go with full season production out of KJ whenever he he gets you know the opportunities to versus the Bears, you know, getting better over the last month. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm totally with you, uh, KJ Osborne. Like we we said this a couple weeks ago on the podcast, like he basically fills in for Adam Thielen and just goes off. Anytime Thielen goes down, he comes in and he, he does he at least scores. You know, right. So uh, he's definitely a great replacement. Um, I did want to point out because like Chicago is great against receivers, like you were uh, saying that they're also great against tight ends. So I mean, even if you were leaning towards starting Tyler Conklin, they're um, they're they're seventh all year against tight ends, sixth in the last five weeks against tight ends. So they're definitely very strong against tight ends fantasy wise. So I would avoid Conklin. So yeah, so we're going with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, KJ Osborne. Oh, Kirk Cousins snuck his way into the top 12 again. He's worthy of a start, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, Kirk is – it's so weird to call him. Like, he's a decent – he's just a decent quarterback. He's not great. He's not bad. Um, he's kind of in that, like, that Joe Flacco area when Joe Flacco was in the, the prime of his career. Like, you almost want to call him elite, but, like, you're like, nah, that's too much. But he's a, he's a startable quarterback, and in fantasy, he he just puts up numbers. He just does. Oh, he definitely does. I mean, like I was saying, he snuck into the top 12 again in fantasy points scored, like top 12 for quarterbacks. He's just too consistent. I personally feel like he's like Derek Carr with weapons. Like he just, <laughs> he's he's good enough to do what he needs to do. And if you build people around him, you'll get it done for sure. Yeah. So let, let's move on to the uh, Washington football team. They are playing at New York against the Giants. Are they playing in New York against the Giants? There's an over/under of 38 points, and the Washington Football Team are seven-point favorites. Antonio Gibson did clear COVID protocols on Wednesday, but he's been limited at practice all week. Um, but today he was cleared off the injury report, and he's expected to play. So this has kind of been Antonio Gibson's story all year, right? He's been injured, limited practice all week, but then he plays on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, it's it's been the, the mo for sure this season for him. Yeah, so Antonio Gibson, um, he, he's a must-start against this Giants team, right? Which, as everyone knows, is susceptible to everything. They're like the worst, they're, they're <laughs> the best team to play your fantasy players against. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone feasts on them, so uh, Antonio Gibson's a, an easy play. Definitely. And uh, Scary Terry, he, he finally got, he put something together last week. Are you, are you, are you flirting with Scary Terry this week? Would you start him against the Giants? I mean, I'm, I wouldn't. And actually, it's not just the fact that like he's been terrible most of the year. Um, and I know he perked up last week. The biggest reason I'm not is because James Bradbury is the number one corner for, for New York. He's the only bright spot on the, basically that entire team. Um, he's been a very good corner. And the reason the, the Giants have so many points to receivers is because of the secondary guys, you know, not named James Bradbury. So I'm still, I'm still fading uh, Scary Terry. Uh, I mean, the only thing that's been scary about him this year are his stats. And, <laughs> yeah. 
you know, he's not, he's certainly not putting any fear into opposing defenses at this point. So uh, I got Bradbury winning this week. And that means that scary Terry is just staying, you know, where he's been at all year. And that, that is a good point to bring up. The James Bradbury is probably like one of the only bright spots on that team right now. So yeah, I, I would avoid scary Terry this week. And then, I mean, that brings up the giants, which like, Obviously, none of these guys are really worth starting at this point, especially with Mike Glennon at quarterback. Um, yeah. Would you take a risk on Saquon, though? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think in some ways you probably have to, um, just knowing where you probably drafted him at, and and, and if you if you were ever able to find like uh, somebody else to go to, you probably just don't have a choice. You probably have to. But if you have somebody else that's better, and there's a lot of them out there that are a lot better at this point, uh, then yeah, no. I mean, he did break a hundred yards for the finally last week. Twenty-one rushes, a hundred carry, or twenty-one rushes for a hundred yards. So I mean, he finally broke out a little bit. But yeah, I'm with you. It's just too inconsistent. I would maybe flex him if you're in that position to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah, maybe. It's just the weird thing too is like. The last couple of weeks, for some reason, he, they've completely ignored him in the passing game. Like he's even out of college, like he was known as like an all-around back, could catch the ball, run the ball, whatever. And then all of a sudden, the last couple of weeks, they're like, "Oh, he can't catch the ball." Apparently, he has brick hands. I don't know. They don't, they're not even giving him the opportunity to catch the ball. Yeah, the, the Giants are just a. Who knows what the <laughs> hell those guys are doing up there? Gettleman, all those guys. What yeah. a joke! I got more faith in the Jets, honestly, turning it around than the Giants at this point. I mean, honestly, I bet the Jets are our better team. Oh, yeah, they are. I actually kind of like the Jets this year, but we'll not get into that too much. <laughs> All right, so that, that pretty much wraps up that game. We'll move on, we'll move on to uh, the Colts playing at Jacksonville against the Jaguars. The over-under is 44 points. Indianapolis is a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Pretty hmm. wild, but um, definitely understandable. That's a juicy spread, though, for sure. Yeah. And it is. It's crazy. That's one of those ones that were like, do you really dare to do that? I mean, it's not like the Colts are like been like crazy good all year, you know? I could absolutely see this being a close game. Yeah, I'm with that. I, I kind of like taking that under on that spread for sure. Um, so J- Jonathan Taylor, he's obvious. You're going to start him. But if the Colts, you know, take this big league like if Vegas expects them to, um, do you expect them to pull him back and then they'll just roll Naeem Hines? Yeah, I, I honestly do. Um, I mean, I don't see why would you if you're in the playoffs because if they, if they win when they're in the playoffs, if you're up big, why risk hurting your you know the one star that you really have on that offense? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm totally with you. And Naeem Hines is a more than worthy backup running back, so I, I don't see why they would uh, put Jonathan Taylor out there more than they need to. So I'm totally with you on that. I mean, you brought up a good point here in the document, though that um, the Colts have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Yeah. So one of those games was played in London, but they lost there too. So. <laughs> ah, man. I kind of like that. That's a juicy little, you taking the Jaguars money line? No, <laughs> no, no. I, I'll probably take, I'll, I'll probably take the Jaguars on the spread. But not not to win outright. I I'm sorry. I just can't have that kind of faith in a team that's as bad as the Jaguars are. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I've been burned by some bad teams this year, like the Jags and the Giants. But 
anyways, um, I mean, how do you feel about Carson Wentz and Michael Pittman Jr. against this weak Jaguars defense? I don't know, man. It's still one of those things. It's so tough. Like, they could they both have great games? Yeah, the matchup portrays it, um, or you know, pretends to to that happening. But it's week eighteen. It's tough. Um, I think you. I think if I had them on my team, I would probably roll with them. Um, I don't think I necessarily would have a better option than Michael Pittman. You might have a better option than, than Carson Wentz, uh, just because you know quarterbacks are so deep. But you know, I think I would roll with both of them as streaming options, and you hope that the game is closer than what Vegas thinks it's going to be. Yeah, I'm mostly with you on that. I, I'd probably have avoid Wentz this week, um, just because he's been like so inconsistent. Michael Pittman, though, I would probably, I, I, yeah, I think he'd have to start him just because the Jags are so susceptible against receivers. I, yeah. I did just realize that I mean, the Jacksonville has one of the best um, rush defenses in the league. Like they they give up a lot of points through receiving to running backs, but they do not let people run it on them. They are number two all year and number one in the last five weeks for rushing yards allowed, um, fantasy wise at least. So they've been shutting down the run game. So it should be interesting to see how good Jonathan Taylor does. But obviously, Jonathan Taylor is still going to be a must start. But yeah, yeah. So um, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman for sure. You like Carson Wentz? I don't. But yeah, so that's how we feel about the Colts. Moving on to the Jaguars side, Dare Ogumawale is the only viable player for the Jags, right? The only person worth starting? Uh, only person worth considering. I wouldn't necessarily start him. The Colts are monsters against, uh, you know, against running backs. They have been basically the entire year. Uh, and if you look at Ogumawale's last couple of games, that you know he's basically been starting both of them. He's he's been averaging less than four yards of carry in those games. He's not like he's coming out there and like playing well, he's being fancy relevant because he's been boosted by a couple of touchdowns. So I know I'm, I'm not going with a, with a Goomba Wale this week. Um, I don't think anybody really should. Yeah, I'm with you. Unless you're in a real deep league, I would, I would be avoiding him just because he hasn't, just like you said, he's only scored and that's why he's relevant. He's not running the ball very well. And we know you can run the ball well for the Jaguars because James Robinson was doing it all year. Well, I mean, let's not disrespect James Robinson by saying Dare is as good as he is. Well, no, I'm just saying it's not like the offensive line's fault, right? Because, you know, James was making stuff happen and Dare's not for whatever reason. Right. Yeah, so, yeah, pretty much we're, we're fading all the Jags. I wish I could bring up Dan Arnold, but God damn him on the IR. <laughs> I want to sign God for damn Dan you, Dan. God damn it. <laughs> Anyways, that wraps up that game. We'll move on to the Steelers. They're playing in Baltimore against the Ravens. The over-under is at 41.5 points, and Baltimore is a 5.5-point favorite. Lamar Jackson's been ruled out already, which means Tyler Huntley's in line to make his third start of the season. He didn't play last week against the Rams, and we know the Steelers you know, have a great pass rush, and TJ Watts probably in line for you know, defensive player of the year. He's unstoppable. So would you start Huntley against the Steelers in that pass rush? I wouldn't. I really, really wouldn't. I know he's been like, you know, it seems like he could pick it and be Lamar Jackson 2.0. But he's really only had the, in the couple games where he's played most of the game, 
he hasn't like he's only had one really good game, honestly. If you go back, so he's about to make his fourth start of the year, and then there's one other game where he's played 86% of snaps, so most of the game, right? Yeah. In those four games, he has a game of 10, 10.7 points, 13.3, and 12.2. And then he had that huge 35.9 game. So I don't believe he's actually going to be this this guy who's going to win you a championship this week. I, I just don't see it. Um, I think that he has another kind of game where he's going to be, you know, around 15 points or probably under. Yep, I 100% agree with you. We, we liked Huntley with, uh, you know, his um, potential, I guess, after filling in for Lamar, you know. We're like, oh, yeah, maybe he can get us some 20-point games, you know, and fill in nicely for an offense built around a player like that. But obviously that didn't come to fruition. So I'd be, I would avoid Huntley also just because he hasn't been consistent as we thought he yeah. would. And the thing is, and you know, as fantasy people, it's so easy to get wrapped up in recency bias where like he has a huge game against green Bay. And everyone's like, Oh wow. Look, he can be, you know, almost as good as, good as Lamar Jackson and all this stuff. And so you're like, he could do it again. And then you realize that he's not Lamar Jackson. He's, you know, he's like Geno Smith. And puts up, you know, oh, back to back bad games. Jeez. Throw him under the bus. Well, yeah. I mean I mean Geno Smith Geno Smith has always shown that he had a little bit of nimbleness to him and could run a little bit, but he made too many poor plays. And that's what Tyler Huntley's showing us. Outside of that one game, he's just not that great of a quarterback. Yep, yep. Now that you say that, I'm I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> All right. Well, so we're not starting uh the quarterback. Tyler Huntley for the Ravens. Would you start Devontae Freeman against the Steelers, who have been horrible against the run this year? Yeah, they've been like dead last for most of the year, um, just getting killed on the ground. And I know Freeman, like his workload has been a little weird the last couple weeks where he's not getting the work he was getting. I don't know if there's some kind of like injury, something happening there, or they're just kind of looking elsewhere. I don't know. But I would roll with Devontae Freeman as a flex play this week. Strictly because the matchup is so good. Uh, it seems like you can, I mean, the expression is that you could drive a Mack truck through that hole. And if you have watched any of the Steelers game, you really can. I mean, even poor offensive lines are destroying Pittsburgh. Um, so, yeah, I think you can absolutely flex Devontae Freeman this week. Yeah, I think he's RB2 for me. I know you're saying his, his usage has is, is definitely been weird. But um, he's still definitely been the one getting the most usage, right? It's just I think the offense just hasn't really been rolling. So I mean, this might be his chance to kind of go off against a, a susceptible rush defense. Maybe, maybe, and I mean, maybe I'm just I'm not trying to put too much of a uh, of expectations on him, um, just because I I can't bank on that. So maybe I think I'm just tempering a little bit because of it. But I could actually see him having a great game. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so yeah, at least flex worthy for sure. I mean, what about the receivers though? You start in Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman. No, <laughs> I mean, as, as yeah. simply as I can. No, I know Hollywood Brown has, for the most part of the season, been an absolute target machine, but that doesn't produce a lot. Hasn't been producing a lot of stats. Man, just been getting a lot of looks. Uh, the issue that I'm having is that like against this pass rush. 
I don't see Huntley having enough time to really be able to target any one guy all that often, except for um, most of those hot route reads where like he's having the ball ways like super fast, which most of those are going to go to the tight end. Um, and you know, so he'll continue. So um, he'll he'll that's a weird way of saying that uh, the tight end um, uh, Mark Andrews is going to have be in line to still be the leading pass catcher on this offense. Yeah, I'm totally with you. Just because Tyler Huntley's not going to be killing it. Yeah, Mark Andrews is the only pass catcher we're starting on this team. For sure. I mean, he's the one guy that regardless of who's playing quarterback, he's putting up numbers. Yep, definitely. I mean, he he's tied in one next year. I'm just saying it now. Everyone else is hopping on the bandwagon, but I've been high on him, man. He's tied in one this year if you look at the stats. Oh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. Got him in the fifth round. It was nice. Uh, anyways. Let's move on to the Steelers. Um, pretty much it's been the same case all year, right? You're starting Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, set it and forget it. Yep. Um, and Pat Fryermuth, right? Once he got going, and if he's healthy, he's a set it and forget it kind of guy too. Yeah, I mean, he's been he's been killing it uh, the last half of the year here. And I said it last, we said it a lot this year. There's one rule of fantasy football, and it's start your tight ends against the Ravens. And he's a tight end playing in the Ravens, so you're playing him. <laughs> right on yeah it's always nice to have a couple of teams you know where a certain position is gonna you know thrive against them it helps you out a bunch i mean it was uh who was the last team we liked to uh tight ends against the texans right uh the eagles were really bad at one point this year against against tight ends right yeah so it's nice to have those up up your sleeve you know just so you know like oh this is a for sure go but so i mean that pretty much wraps up that you know you're starting Najee, you're starting deontay you're starting firemuth would you give Big Ben a chance after he threw the ball forty times and got a hundred like forty yards last week? <laughs> no, as much as I, I feel like if there was game two starting would have been last week, his last home game. I'm not gonna go on that this this week though. Um I hope he gets the win. I actually kinda think the Steelers are gonna win this game and they'll make the playoffs. So I so I like that part just because, you know, I want to see Big Ben give a playoff run one last time. Uh but fantasy wise, you should not have him in your playoff fantasy lineup. Yeah, definitely not. Yeah, so that pretty much wraps up that game. And um, we'll finish on our last early game here on our early games episode. It's going to be the Titans at the Houston Texans. It's an over-under of 43 points, and the Titans are 10-point are ten favorites. The, the Tennessee 10-10s are 10-point favorite, whatever. 10-10-10. <laughs> Tennessee is a 10-point favorite. And... um. As we have all noticed by now, unless you've been under a rock, Derrick Henry did practice this week. Contrary to popular belief, he has not been activated from IR yet, though. He's still on IR, but they can activate him at any time. Either way, you shouldn't expect him to play this week, right? I I don't expect him to play, and if he does, it's going to be like at most a couple of touches. He's not going to come and go in there and play a full game. So he should not be started. Um, they honestly, I kind of have a feeling that what they're going to do, they're going to dress him, you know, and then he'll play if for some reason this game's close and they might need a score or something like that. They might throw him in there. Um, I mean, the Titans did lose the Texans earlier this year, so there's that's always always a chance. But I don't expect Derrick Henry to play, and if he does, he'll play a very minimal amount. Yeah, I don't expect him to play at all, but I, I do like what you said. You know, if it is a situation where, like, he is suited up and it's close and they need him, that could definitely happen. Um, 
And the Texans are a scrappy team, man. Like they beat the Titans earlier this year. They're they're not they're not a team that's going to roll over on you. They're they're definitely uh, capable of doing good things when things go their way, for sure. But with all that being said, would you start down to Foreman at running back? Damn right, I will. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I like Deontay Foreman a, a ton this week. Actually, I mean, he's kind of proven to be the the the, the lead back in this offense. I know. When Henry first went down, it was way up in the air who's going to get touches, this or that. But every week since then, Foreman's continued to kind of lead the lead the way here. And last week, he had a huge game. He finally broke the, broke the century mark. Uh, he had almost all of the touches out, out of the backfield. I think he had twenty. He had twenty six carries for one hundred thirty two yards and a touchdown. And that wasn't like some crazy big bolster from him, like breaking off you know an eighty yard touchdown run. Like that was just consistent production throughout the entire game. Uh, and now he gets the Texans running, uh, uh, rushing defense that is terrible. They gave up almost 30 points a game to running backs. So Dante Foreman is an obvious start to me this week. Yep, I'm totally with you. Definitely starting him against the Texans, one of the worst teams against running backs, right? I mean, it's just, and he finally got going, which is nice to see. So yeah, definitely must start on Deontay Foreman. Um, I mean, Brandon Cooks, he's been pretty consistent this year. And he's been on a tear the last three games, averaging 18 points per game. Seems like him and Davis Mills got a good thing going. When Davis Mills is playing, Brandon Cooks tends to do pretty well. But, you know, they're playing the Titans, and they, they've been top 10 against receivers over the last month. And, you know, they're... Uh, but they're but second they're to last. Now. Okay, yeah. the way you wrote that kind of threw me off. Yeah, but they're the second worst team against receivers on the season. Yeah, so it's super confusing. Like, what do you like? What do you do? Like, which which team do you do you think is going to show up? Well, uh, man, see, I, after now I got to look and see like who the Titans been playing this last month. That, <laughs> you know, they've been sh- shutting down receiver wise, you know. But I mean, honestly, even with that being said, I don't care. I'm starting Brandon Cooks. If Dave Mills is in there, I'm starting Brandon Cooks. Yeah, I mean, the last four weeks the Titans have played the Jaguars, so that's easy. Pittsburgh, but you know that that's going up against Deontay Johnson. Uh, San Francisco, you have a combination of Debo and Brandon Ayuk, and then you have Miami, who doesn't really have a and who has Jalen Waddle. So I mean, they've had a couple, really only one like team that has like no receivers. So you know they're they're doing a pretty good job. Man, that 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 Tennessee stat kind of like <laughs> that really threw me off. That's a weird <laughs> one, man. Honestly, I think yeah. part of it is like. This last, you know, the second half of the season, the teams played much better overall than they did the first half. But specifically, it's their their pass rush has really improved, so that's what's helping you know limit points to receivers. Okay, that makes sense, and all, that also kind of goes to prove any given Sunday, man. I mean, this might if if X team is the worst against running backs, that doesn't mean they have no chance to shut somebody down. I mean, we're still talking about professional athletes, you know, in a professional mm-hmm. league. So you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen. So that's interesting. The Titans have been pretty good. So you do like Brandon Cooks this week, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's been too consistent for most of the year. I know he's been he's got a couple games where he's really fallen off, but I think him and Davis Mills have really made a connection over the last few weeks, and I still expect that to continue to to keep going. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, okay, let's talk about Rex Burkhead then. He had a decent game last week, um, but David Johnson's back. And while David Johnson has not really been fantasy relevant, you know, he's been eating into Rex's touches. Rex has really been the only fantasy relevant running back in that backfield for a while now. Um, and even then, it seems like it's only been for a couple of weeks. 
yeah, but even then, it's just before that, it was such a toss up. Um, but how do you yeah. feel about Rex Burkhead? Would you you start him against this Titans defense, which is, if I remember right, one of the worst. Oh no, one of the best against running backs. Actually, I got that mixed up with Houston that I was looking at. Yeah. Yeah, so they've been they've been really good. Actually, on the season, they're the number one team against running backs. So uh, right now, at only eighteen and a half points per game. So even if David Johnson wasn't back in the fold, I would still be fading Rex Burkhead. But you add in the fact that it's a terrible matchup, and Johnson coming back in just to take away touches, that's really tough. Oh, and then if you look over the last month, they're even better. Only twelve point five points to running backs over the last month for the Tennessee. So yeah, I'm not Ooh. touching them. Yeah, that's a great point. And then even a little bit more in-depth analysis. This is thanks to at Munder Difflin on Twitter. <laughs> Scott Rainier, he posts great stats. I've been using his sheets all year. But Tennessee is number one in the last five weeks for points from rushing yards only. So if you're trying to rush against the Tennessee Titans, it ain't happening. But they are shutting it down for sure. Yeah. So, yeah, I would avoid Rex Burkhead also. Yeah, so, I mean, that, that pretty much wraps up all of our early games. Um, we'll be putting out a, an episode right after this, recording all of our late games, and that episode is going to be ending with our starts of the week also. So if you're interested in hearing the late games, uh, listen to our next episode. But if not, uh, thanks for listening in. You can catch us on Twitter at the FF Fathers, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good night.